0: Everyone. On today's podcast, we're gonna be chatting with one of my close friends, Hannah Rob. She has some great insight and great experience to share, and I hope you guys all enjoy. I do also apologize if sound quality is a little brutal. Um, we did do it over Zoom, but we made it work. Hannah Robb is probably the most awesome of them all. I would love, oh, I would like to believe. Um, so she is gonna to talk to us today about a variety of things. Um, which leads me to my um, little side thing that the podcast is no longer called Inner Monologue. It is called A Lot of Little Things. A Lot of Little Things. Yes, which is what we're going to talk about today. So it's fitting. Love it. Um, so Rob, give us a little brief, you know, rundown of
1: of you. Oh, geez. What are you doing in um, your life? What am I doing in my life? Well, currently... I'm under quarantine, as all of us are. Stay at home, do that thing so we can all get back to the regular lives. But in the meantime, while I'm here, I'm trying to stay productive and do stuff that is relating to my passions. And one of those big passions that I have is storytelling, um, particularly visual storytelling. So that's mostly my major. I'm a comms major, but I'm also doing um stage and screen arts and so through stage and screen arts i do a lot of my ultimate goal is to be a storyteller in a visual sense through film and make make stories in in that way and so i'm trying to keep that up even while i'm home i'm trying to i'm trying to write a little screenplay of like my my brother and i doing like little film adventure things <laughs> and also i'm taking on an internship in the cities which has me making a document documentary and then also my grandpa's reaching out to me about he does construction and like is making all these cool projects uh on the land and wants to talk about like the story of the land and all this stuff and so I feel like I just in my life right now I'm constantly surrounded by stories and stories to tell and so that's that's where I'm at right now Mm -hmm.
0: I Rob I love I love that you're a storyteller I Mm -hmm. when I think of storytelling I think of like reading and I'm not much of a reader, but I will mm-hmm. say you visually make things so interesting <laughs> and, and wow. just like being you as a human, like you are so theatrical <laughs> and so expressive that it's so, I don't know. It's so like, you just are like a little ball of energy. And I feel that anyone you come into contact with, like receives that and, and it gets them excited just to be around you. So, I, so thank you for sharing your, uh, sharing your stories.
1: Thank you for sharing that compliment. <laughs> Excuse me, my, catch my breath. Woo. Anyway, I just, no, but I, I just feel like there's so many things. Like what, how you said, like the first thing you think of is like as a story is reading. Or I feel like the first thing when someone says story is like a children's book. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a very like that's the first visual to pop up, or maybe like somebody telling a story, like an old relative at like Christmas, like reiterating yep. a family story that's yep, been that you've passed heard that, on or like, yeah. something. Yeah, I feel like those are the ideas of stories. But I think as I've gone through college and as I've gone through my undergrad and worked my way through this major and these degrees, I've learned so much about the communication process and how humans, just in communicating, want to surround themselves with stories every day. Like, for example, like an advertisement is a story, a commercial is a story, Like an email blast is a story, if you want to look at it in that way. An Instagram profile, somebody's like crafting a story about themselves. I think a feature film is a story in an obvious sense. But also like conversations are stories. Like they follow the same path that all stories do. And so I just feel like even the thoughts within our own heads, this is going off, but even the thoughts (laughs) within our own heads that we tell ourselves are stories. And I just feel like humans, like all they want to do is tell stories. Like, we just want people to know what we care about, who we are, and who we want to be. And we, we ooze those things in the form of storytelling. <laughs> and it just pervades life. And I just, I'm, I've come to be so obsessed with it because it, it is present in everything. Mm-hmm. So Qu- Interesting. Um,
0: I So I'm, like, thinking, like, about a bunch of, like, social media. Now that, you know, the corona, coronavirus is here, everyone is on yes. social media. Yes. Do you feel that people get caught up in storytelling but not necessarily telling their story but but being too obsessed with like crafting story
1: yeah I, yes oh okay I get I was trying to anticipate I do this a lot where I try <laughs> to anticipate people's <laughs> conversational points I'm like I know what they're going <laughs> to say um and the plot points are totally wrong and I'm I'm always off but I think that that is a really harmful piece of social media and so I go through this these phases of life where I, I'm really about the idea of social media, especially being such a, like, my whole degree is visual artistry. And I feel like social media is the best and most profitable form of visual artistry and getting across a message and promoting yourself and doing all this stuff. But at the same time, as much as I strive to be authentic, it's hard to stay true to that on a platform where everyone is trying to craft the best story about themselves and when you're trying to craft this this amazing story about yourself you get caught comparing your story to other people's stories in a figurative sense and a literal sense because insta has stories and all about it but like you know what i mean like it's just a battle of of comparisons and i think it it can be really unhealthy
0: Mm -hmm. what do you so in creating kind of like your own um visual um, story apart from like professional um, you know stuff how do you like what what are your what do you tell yourself and making sure that you you know stay away from the comparison like how do you how do you manage that
1: I think it's really hard for me to do that um, because this is a little side tangent but <laughs> I recently, for my internship, had to take one of those strengths finder, you know, when we took like the disc assessment and like, yep. there's all those personality tests. This is like the Clifton StrengthsFinder. finder. So it's a really popular workplace strengths finder. And I found out so many revealing things that I already knew about myself, but it was just phrased very perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those, one of my like top five strengths was, and this, I don't mean this in like a bragging sense, but it was like achiever. And it made so much sense because not that I am an achiever, but that I strive to be and that I get really worked up when I am not. Because I feel like, and they said it perfectly in this description, but they said, you know, for you, every day starts at ground zero. And I feel like that's so true. Like I need to have every day be productive and I need to have every day moving forward, trying to do something, trying to accomplish something. And I get really caught up. On social media because for me when every day starts at zero if I am not progressing and I'm seeing other people progress instead of not moving at zero and staying at zero I feel like I'm like going into the negative numbers and so I think to to combat that sometimes I've just gone off of social media entirely like I've just deleted the whole app and Mm -hmm. gone on hiatuses where I'm I'm just away from from that entirely which I think I'm a really social person I like to think and so that can be hard because there are people and communities that I have, you know, keep in touch with over social media. But right. for me, sometimes it's just healthier to free my whole mind of that. Because I have a lot of, I don't have a lot of um, self-discipline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't like, <laughs> tell myself, don't, just don't go on it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I feel that, especially now with this whole coronavirus, and I don't know if you've felt this way, but you were kind of just like talking about how, you know, the need to be productive. Well, you know, during this whole coronavirus thing and everyone's home and obviously, you know, I'm scrolling on social media, like crazy, like checking it every, like I'll literally close out of it. And then 10 seconds later, I'm like, okay, what's new? I'm like, nothing has changed. But anyway, I feel like there's such this push to, oh, while your time off, you know, like while you're not doing anything, like be productive, like be the best version of you that you haven't been able to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay. Like, how do I, how do I fit all this self-improvement? Like, I feel like I'm okay, you know,
1: it's just like all this pressure. And it's exhausting. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think on, on the flip side of that, I've also seen people post like, don't worry, like, things are changing, like, give yourself space and time to change too. like, it's okay. But I do think that that voice is so much quieter compared to the the amount of pressure to be productive during this time and to be like, Fill your time with ways of improving yourself or mm-hmm. improving your craft or whatever it is that you personally want to work on. There's a lot of flash and pop and pizzazz about like, still do it, like get after it, like this can right. get hustle, yeah, hustle, hustle, hustle. Which is like, I'm all about it. I love it, but at the same time, I think it, too much is overwhelming, mm-hmm. and I think personally, I feel, I feel it, and I feel that pressure, but I also think that when my plans, I think I'm a planner and I think about the future a lot and it's sometimes too much and too far in advance. And so I think because my plans were so detailed and that the fact that they were just totally shot to hell, <laughs> I think that that <laughs> gave me like a mental and emotional excuse to be like, to let myself be sad. I was kind of convinced that I was going to mope for a long time and that I gave myself permission to mope. And then instead of moping, I didn't really feel like moping, which is good. And, and then, but because I had freed myself to be sad and gave myself that permission to not be productive, now that I am more confident in the future and more optimistic about, you know, things right. clearing up and, and getting back to normal, I think that I've been able to be productive and want to be productive without feeling the pressure too, because I gave myself right. permission at the start, which I feel like a lot of people right. didn't. I feel like a lot of people had the, you know, went into quarantine and like, fine, I'm like going to get after it. Right, right. Like,
0: Like, what do you want? You know, like, I mean, all these people are like saying, like, you need to do this, but it's like, take a minute and be like, what do you, do you want to do that? Like, or do Mm -hmm. you want to just like take a self day and like put a face mask Mm -hmm. on and maybe binge watch something? Like,
1: exactly. What do you, what do you need? (laughs) Um,
0: But Rob, tell, so I know you had vaguely just touched on that. You had a change of plans and would
1: you love to share that? Sure. <laughs> Get a load of this, everyone. So I know. <laughs> so I was supposed to start my semester in 12 days. Today's April 8th, and I was supposed to start my semester April 20th. And the reason being that I was going to be studying in Germany, and then Germany, the semester doesn't start until later in April. So they have like a summer semester and then they have a winter semester versus our fall and spring. And so I'd gone up until this point having. Waited and waited while everyone was like headed back to school, and I was working some as I planned and prepped to spend my semester abroad studying at a film school in Germany. And I got over there, and two days later, everything changed. I mean, things are changing at such a crazy pace. And so I got there, landed. Two days later, my parents were like, Oh my gosh, everyone's going crazy. Everyone's buying all the toilet paper like it's crazy over here like hopefully everything's okay there and I was like yeah it's fine like I just couldn't wrap my like head around the fact that everything was changing so quickly because in Germany things were totally happening as normal every day was normal so I was over there waiting taking um some orientation classes some language classes as I bid my time there um but our university at home shut down and so because they shut down they Terminated all the study abroad programs and I had to fly back. And so, with all this stuff, like I had yet to take a a spring class. (laughs) So, I had, you know, paid tuition, but I hadn't gotten any credit. And so, then I was on this frantic search for a way to still salvage some credits for the spring. And that landed me in the hands of a UWRF alumni uh, and/or alum. And she has a nonprofit called the Remember Project, and it's based around um, theater facilitating conversation, which is really awesome and plays exactly into the things I was saying before right. <laughs> as in like, like, storytelling, opening the doors to emotions and in conversation, surrounding really difficult topics such as Alzheimer's and dementia, which is what this project is based on. So I'll be making, now that I'm home, I'll be, and when things return to normal and people can gather again, I'll be filming um, a documentary for them and their project. So not at all where I anticipated being, but something that I'm still so excited about because I think it will be a big learning learning process and will help me improve on some production skills. <laughs> right. I love that. I love that it worked out for you. I, I'm so grateful. I've had so much support and I know that not everyone's on the same boat. So Right, right. That's crazy. So, but this wasn't, your, this wasn't
0: your first little tidbit of um, traveling abroad. No. Tell us.
1: I Indulge. Indulge. I, 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 <laughs> indulged, <laughs> indulged. I um, was able to study abroad with a much more, not less exciting, but much more generic in terms of studies mm-hmm. program. It was a lot of like generals. And so I was a younger, I was a sophomore. And so my sophomore spring, I joined a traveling program. And so though the studies were easier, we did so much in terms of traveling. And it was a really unique program where we had eight different set destinations that we hopped around to. And then our professors from UWF joined us. And so they taught like in a hostel or in a conference room or in a library. And one time we had class in a park because, <laughs> you know, it was just crazy. And so, and then between each destination, we had like four days where our professors were like, see ya, like we'll meet you in Paris. And then we had to get ourselves there. And so it was super empowering to learn how to travel but then also it gave us the opportunity to hop to more places than was on our initial itinerary so by the end of that spring I had I had the opportunity to travel to 12 12 different countries which was really crazy so once I got a taste I was like I have to go back so that's why (laughs) this major specific program was kind of a dream dream deal but that's okay now I'm just Um. (laughs) <laughs>
0: right home life um yeah. would you say that you know your experiences abroad have significantly contributed to you know your your vision of like your storytelling or has it enhanced it has have you you know since you've seen what you've you know saw you're like oh my gosh like are you like I don't know have, have things been like eye-opening how is that
1: I think in a storytelling sense probably yes but I don't know specifically because I feel like It probably affected me in ways that are undetectable to me now. But in terms of a confidence sense, with the confidence to be able to tell stories and to have faith that, because for the longest time, I I think I thought that you had to have an exciting event happened to you or you had to have a depressing event happen to you or you had to have a rough childhood or you had to have a really exciting childhood or something different to be able to tell stories and to be able to tell stories that matter to people. And then I went and I traveled and I just saw a bunch of stuff and I realized that I can do whatever. Like it was just so empowering in a sense of I, me, I can choose. that that I want to tell stories. I don't have to have a story to tell. I can just choose to share other people's stories or to improve. It's hard to explain, but I think that I like came away and walked away with such a, such a stronger sense of confidence in myself. And as soon as I got back, that next semester is when I added the major of film arts. And so before then, I think this little voice in my head was like, oh, like, you're not that good at it. And also, how would you make a career out of it? And also, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just not in the cards for you. And then I went abroad and I was like, anything can be in the cards. I can do that. So I think that's what, to sum it up, it was just that feeling of being able to go back, come back home and and choose what I wanted to do and apply myself to whatever it was that was going to make me happy.
0: I would say I feel that you definitely um, non-verbally shared that that sense of confidence Mm. um, coming back. You know, after when you came back, and everyone everyone's just like staring at you. Like, so what was it like? Like, you know, like everything. (laughs) Um, Like hearing all the stories. You know, like all those funny stories, and and just realizing like how I don't know, like just even watching you tell the stories just gave us this like profound like confidence that that knowing that she she's seen all those things and she knows like what can be possible and like you know that you can just be confident like you don't you know i had this amazing experience we all have amazing experiences throughout each and every single day like use them to your advantage you know and like Mm -hmm. embrace it so i think that was just like so empowering being able to hear your story so thank you for that. <laughs> um, so let's transition to student yeah. athlete. Okay, I'm ready. Um, and I would love for you to you. Okay, Hannah Rob here. Yes. She gave a <laughs> um, amazing speech. Would you call it um, at yeah. our okay. national women in sports day? Yes, go um, women she, in sports. Yes, <laughs> she gave a amazing. Speech um, on her athletic time and like experience experiences that she had, um, and kind of like tying in like the fact that she does live a double life with Hannah and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, as a student athlete, what was your experience like? I mean, you don't have to like go like you know from the start, but like what what key things did you take away as being a student athlete? How has it shaped you as a person? You know, being that we're both you know non student athletes anymore, um, right. what was that like for you? And like, how are you? How are you still? using the skills that you've developed over time. No. Sorry, that was a lot.
1: <laughs> no, it's okay. I want to I wanna answer. I want to fly into an answer like I usually do, but I also know that I need to think it out. No, my like, biggest weakness is just immediately talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, then you're like, wait, so did wait, I answer Wait, what question? was the question?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, being a student athlete gave me the confidence to want to wanna pursue being my best self. I think that the community around athletics is all about growth. You know, everyone is g- trying to grow physically, but also mentally. Like, we're all striving to be mentally stronger people on the court and in the weight room and in places that push us. And so, I think that being in that community of growth and that growth mindset for so much time in college was so helpful to motivate me to k- continue to want to improve. Because I think. Had I not been surrounded by other people who had similar goals, I would have let myself slack. So I just think being held to a higher standard by other people for four years was the reason that I popped out this way. You know, I think that that, that, that had a lot to, con- you know, I just give the credit to other people because I think that like weight room staff or, you know, coaches that came across our path or teammates that believed in us more than we maybe have believed in ourselves at times were the reason that I could succeed. And I think that that really taught me, and now that we're out of it, and now that we're no longer in this community, I mean, we'll always belong to (laughs) the Falcon community, hashtag FFT. But like, (laughs) I I think that now that we're out of it and we're in a business, you know, we're we're trying to find a business community. I think it just gave me a strong sense of what I should look for in terms of a career and, and a company if that's who I end up with, like I know what traits to surround myself with. Right. So that I can push people and that they can push me and that we can collaborate and and get better. Right. I think that's really what
0: gave me. No, I totally agree. Like as like former athletes, like we still, we find that competition through like achieving goals. Like, and then I totally agree. Like, you know, we're, we've been on a team and I totally agree that, you know, moving into the, the professional world, like we, we still want that team culture. Like we want to be working with like our bosses, like to be like our coach, like rooting for us. And we want to be surrounded by other employees and like core workers that, you know, want to su- that want to support each other and to create like a kind of like a team sense. Um, so I totally, I totally agree on that.
1: And I think that pride is a big word too, that like is surrounded or is, is a, is a common theme in sports and like school spirit. But I think like that, that sense of wanting to have pride in something and pride in your work is something that will also follow me. Cause I, I think like you said, like that competition, like is <laughs> rooted in pride in a, in a, way. And so it's like how to find a healthy dose of competition in everyday life uh, right. to keep you, keep you, keep you on your toes. Yes.
0: Yes. No, I totally yeah. agree. Um, what else
1: should we talk about, Rob? I don't know. I like talking <laughs> with you. <laughs> I feel so professional, you know.
0: <laughs> Communicating. Oh my I,
1: I love okay. So this is a side tangent and also very much to do with only me, but it's okay. <laughs> so it. I, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I, I recently took like that Clifton Strengths Finder thing. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like achiever, but then one of them was obviously competition. <laughs> and then but um one of them was also my top three were learner. Intellection and input and it makes sense because my learner was at the top and competition was like at the bottom So they were kind of bookends on my top strengths And competition was like it's all about the outcome and learner was like it's all about the process So it's so Mm -hmm. funny that I got both because I feel like they keep each other in check but back to just having a conversation and the whole like what should we talk about next my middle one and the one that I thought I identified with most was input and it was Ooh. like, you just love to collect information on all the different things and like process it. And you never stop collecting, which makes you discontent, but also like satisfied. And I was like, oh my God, like this inner struggle. Like, yes, is coming yes. to light. but I just think it's so true because the reason I love communicating with people and the reason I'm obsessed with storytelling and communications and the reason that they're my degrees. And now that I feel so confident that these are my degrees and my path is because I just love, collecting information. Like I love talking to people and mm-hmm. inputting everything they say and learning more about people through their words. Like I just, I love it. So I, that's why I love talking. I <laughs>
0: <out>. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally agree. I, I mean, and that's like kind of the main reason why I'm doing this podcast and why mm-hmm. you're one of my guests. Cause we just did <laughs> chatty. Um, <Just> chatty. <laughs> so, and I love how you talked about how like you love absorbing knowledge mm-hmm. and I, agree on that I actually I don't know if you've saw it on social media, <laughs> but there is this um, free course through Yale University. It's called the Science of Well-being No yeah I just I enrolled in it like mm, last week free and wow. yeah free and I went through like week two and we're talking about um, uh, savoring and gratitude yes which like are so like we know what savoring and gratitude is like it's a quick mm-hmm. like Google search like you know what yeah, it is right mm-hmm. and in the instructor, like on the video, she said something that was so true. She was like, Knowing isn't half the battle. Like, just because you know something or like you've been given information, that doesn't mean like you now like can apply it. Like you have to practice things. So mm-hmm. like when you were saying like absorbing knowledge, like I love I love that and I also love doing that because for me, I the more I absorb it and the more like like different viewpoints I get maybe on the same topic like I I take away so much like totally different things from it even though Mm -hmm. it's the same thing Mm -hmm. so I I think it's I just think it's highly encouraged that everyone else
1: should do that (laughs) I feel like I'd be so curious to learn what your strengths I love the personality or not even personality (laughs) but like the 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 intuition on people that those little tests give and I'd be so curious to know what yours are I bet one of them would be input Because you like you collect things and you process through them. I'm a hoarder. (laughs) Yes, hoarder of information. That's what it said. It was like hoards. You may hoard physical things, but you may also just hoard information. And I was like, wow, both. Oh,
0: Oh. I uh, I've taken a few of the disc ones, um, which is a funny thing. I've taken probably about four of them, and each time I've taken them, my okay. So there's like obviously like there's like a dominant one. There's influencer the um, conscience, conscientious, um, oh, and conscientious, and then, yeah, yeah. And then the oh shoot, what's the S one?
1: Um, you're like sympathetic? S- I think it's like stead. Oh, steady <laughs> something. something. <laughs> it's an S. They're, they're like um, the friendly one. That they're like right, the glue yeah. in the group. Yes, yeah. yes. Whatever. It um, was.
0: I wasn't one of them, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I was, okay, so, like, when I first took it, I was an I, which is, like, an influencer. Like, you want to mm-hmm. get everyone hyped up. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, the second or third time I took it, I was a I.D., and then now, the last time I took it, I was a D. And I'm like, oh my God, like, am I mean? <laughs> I was like, I don't wanna be a D. Like, you know, cause like when people, like, you know, the, facil- the facilitators are like talking, they're, they're like, you know, you're very dominant, like you're
1: a direct yeah. person. I'm like, oh my God. Maybe aggressive. Yeah, like, could, they have could to fight. Or- like Curb your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm like, uh, scary. But then, but it was interesting because, um, she was like, no, like that actually happens like a ton. Like as you take tests, as you get older, which like my tests were like over a span of like probably two years Uh experiences you've accumulated, you get more confident, you know, and like in, in your, you know, just because you went from a I to D that might just mean that you are able to, you're able to put those different hats on in different situations. Yeah. Like you're able to communicate better of like Mm -hmm. what your Oh, I
1: see what you're gonna say. I I guess and I was wrong, but I know what you're saying. (laughs) 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 Again, there it is. But I think like I know I get what you mean where like you just feel more confident in who you are and then you can communicate that and through maybe being able to communicate it, it just comes off as more direct, which is obviously like the more dominant Mm -hmm. style. But it's really just because you know, you know yourself and you know what you want, you know what's going on.
0: Right. Maybe. So I just I just think it's like interesting to see like how tests like that can evolve and like can change. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's like easy for people to think like it's an inaccurate thing because it does that but I mean we're changing like we're you know yeah. experiencing new things like I would like I used to love like fruit roll-ups this is like total random tangent but I used to like <laughs> love fruit roll-ups it's so an now analogy like, right? it's like now I don't like that can be about like you know anything it's the same with confidence like exactly like but yeah, yeah I just think that's that's crazy interesting and I I don't know it's
1: it's wild I also think they can be like self-prophesizing, you know, again, here's the whole, like telling yourself stories and, and how those stories shape you. It's like all dependent on what you tell yourself because, you know, I used to tell myself I was a really extroverted person. And I mean, I think people who know me would probably agree, but like in certain Mm -hmm. settings, I can also, I think I've, I think I've grown more, more introverted, but I've grown Mm -hmm. more confident. So I feel like they don't equate to one another, but I just, it's just interesting how I do agree that, that we can change and that those tests, you know, it's all about how we, you know, I stopped telling myself I was an extrovert and then I started finding sides of me that were actually very introverted naturally. And Mm -hmm. so, no,
0: I totally agree. I've definitely found my, found myself, you know, like, like I used to think I was an expert too. I'm like, Oh, I just love being chatty, love being around people. But I feel like I agree. Like as I've developed confidence, I'm more confident in like my own solitude. Like, just like not yeah, having yes. to thrive off everyone else's hype, but just like being okay, like with me, like just hanging out oh, with right. myself.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. I feel so much. I feel so similar to that. Yes. Yes. No, it's great.
0: And especially like during this time of like the Corona, like <laughs> it's, it's not terrible, but cause like, you know, confident with yourself, like love hanging yeah, out, right. yep, yep. self girl time. But I will say that I do <laughs> miss social interaction.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I just missed the opportunity. This makes me realize that I should have taken advantage of being with my people. And right. it's just like the people I think what it is is that I used to be like, I can get so hyped on like a conversation with anyone. And that was what I thought was super extroverted. But now I'm like, I just really want to talk for a really long time with specific people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. like and I think that's why it's changed. And that's what I missed during this time is just having those particular people to be near physically, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually. right? And just like on an emotional level, like having the ability to share experiences and and go places together. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I totally agree. And we've had a, we've had a happy hour so far. Yes, Rob, with yeah. our with our Thank gals. Gosh. <laughs>
1: Thank gosh, we live in a time of technology. Because could you imagine? I mean, I'm sure this this like the outbreak of flu in like the 19 19- Teens. It was like nineteen sixteen or something like that. Like everyone just like oh, like quarantine and like everyone scatter and then nobody did anything. You just like you just sat there. uh, Maybe like what like I don't know. Baked bread like with your mom (laughs) or like I don't know. I mean, we still do that. I would still do that. But like, (laughs) thank goodness we live in a time where we can reach out and we can continue on with life in a somewhat normal sense. You know, like you can contact your employee employers and your friends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and drink virtual <laughs> and drink <for> <laughs> Yes.
0: No, I totally agree. I think I think technology during especially during this point of this whole corona thing
1: um yeah is huge. Yeah, I feel like this will act as a a marker for things. I feel like a lot of uh, health procedures and government procedures and mm-hmm. communication and university, you know, schooling procedures, educational right. procedures are going to be put in place for the future. Because I'm old.
0: I think it's crazy. Like when I step back, I'm like, okay, so like, you know, like when people like talk about like 9 11 and some people like can like, you know, think about it and like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I and I have like no recollection, 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 recollection. 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 Oh my God. You got this. People are going to learn to this podcast that I cannot talk or spell. So it's a good thing. (laughs) But whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's what I was saying. (laughs) Um, Oh. Oh, so like, I don't remember what, what, you know, the whole nine eleven thing like right. of that day, but it's interesting because this is, this is going to be the coronavirus, like our children's children, who knows when this is going to get printed, mm-hmm. but it's going to be like in books and stuff, you know? Oh, for
1: sure. I, I, oh, for sure. Oh, no. for sure. <laughs> Seriously. It's going to be in history books. It's like those photos that you see of like the man holding the cardboard sign that says, thank you for saving my wife's life. Like, outside of the hotel in the window it's gonna be like pictures like that that are forever encased in history books and we're gonna be that's like our we're graduating into this world and like right I feel like that's also the thing like when you talk to people about when you had to when you were little and you had to interview people about Vietnam or something Mm -hmm. and you interviewed and like oh like I was I was in my I was a college student and I I was definitely on the streets. I was protesting because, you know, my fellow classmates were being shipped out. They were being drafted. You know, it's like those people, right, that yeah. usually the people who have the stories are the college students. And so it's crazy to think that like, we are going going to be that generation with this mm-hmm. pandemic. Oh, 100%. So-
0: I, f- I do feel like the student athletes um, across the whole United States have made a huge, you know, have had a huge voice in this, obviously, oh. because like their world just, you know, went complete three sixty, like they have to go home, all their sports are canceled. And and I can't even imagine. I just feel for all of these athletes
1: that right. especially senior athletes who I, winter sport athletes particularly who will not get another season of eligibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I think the the only word that I can think to come close to describing how I like the empathy I feel is just heartbreaking. These high levels of prestige um and, and achievement are just being kind of pulled out from under people and that, who have worked so hard for it. And so I just feel so, so bad for students, but also student athletes in particular.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's to definitely mopey. hard for, no, no. <laughs>
1: it's so, it's like so it's hard for everyone. It's so over
0: talked about, but I just, you know, right. I just, I just have to
1: get off your chest.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting, like seeing it from all perspectives, you know, like through social media, like student athletes, students, and mm-hmm. then just like, you know, adults and family in your life, like how is it affecting yeah. your family like all like all of those things, like everyone is affected by it in some yeah. way.
1: yeah, everyone has a story to tell about it. oh, oh a story crazy. Tell me, tell me we didn't plan it Tell them tell we didn't plan and, and cue it, Rob say it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love talking to you.
1: I love talking to you too. It's so easy to come with. I I get too loud, though. Hopefully I wasn't yelling this whole time. I know. We just get cackly. We just get cackly. I know. We do get cackly. That's the word. (laughs) Cackly. Oh, I
0: love it. All right. Well, Rob, for, you know, the final, final big question here. Okay. What is... And you can only choose one. I'm just kidding. If you have more, you can. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, But what would you say, for what you know now, current life stage, what is... Maybe the best advice that you've received or the best advice that you could give. Whichever.
1: Oh, hmm. Probably receive because I don't think okay. I have any... My <laughs> advice to give would be like, be yourself. Um, <laughs> and that's like, <laughs> so overstated. The best advice i ever received. One of the biggest conversations that... That, okay, yep, not what you asked. But one of the biggest conversations <laughs> that... Influenced me and like put me on the path that I am now is this is going to be a story. Hit I'll it. make it short. But I was in Paris when I was studying abroad, and it was very very cold. And we had the opportunity to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. In fact, it was the coldest that it had been in Paris for years. They were like, "This is the coldest it's ever been in like decades." And we were like, "Great!" Like we none of us wore coats, um, but we were like. <laughs> at the top of the Eiffel Tower, which was amazing. And we were look, watching this view, but it was like the sun was setting, so it was getting really cold. And I don't know if you know this, but the Eiffel Tower is entirely made of metal. So it's freezing and it's windy. And I went in Converse, which are like the worst <laughs> conductors ever, or the best conductors in terms of freezing my feet. Anyway, so I was so cold. And also was an entire, like so cheap stake of me, but I refused to buy an underground railroad ticket because I was like, we we'll are only here for a couple of days. And so I was like, I'll walk the hour back to (laughs) our hostel. (laughs) So me and a friend take off and we stopped at a kebab shop to like warm up and get some dinner. And it was also really inexpensive. And the kebab cook spoke a little English. And he like started asking us about, um, and I can't remember where he's from, but he wasn't originally from France. He was just working there because he was trying to save up money so that he could study in London. And so when, as you we were telling him the stories about having, like being students and traveling, like he was just blown away by the fact that we had that opportunity. And he was like, you guys can do anything. And maybe it seems naive to think that, but I, I don't know, I just walked away. That's not really a piece of advice, but it was just like a sentence in this conversation. And it, it taught me so many things without saying anything that it it was like okay it taught me like I need to be really humble because I I don't understand how lucky I am and also like I do have so much opportunity and support and like I can do anything if I really really want to because I have so I'm so privileged so I just think it taught me it just gave me a glimpse of so many things like opportunity and privilege and and humility and all these different things in one sentence with a kebab shop worker (laughs) in Paris, France. And so I think that like, even though it wasn't a piece of advice, it was a really influential piece of combo that, Mm -hmm. that put me on a, on a path of, of learning and just wanting to be a sponge for all this stuff and, and having so much more confidence to go forward and tell myself a positive story about how, I do, you know, to to recognize all the plot points that have got me here in life and and where I want to go and how I'm going to get there. And so there's just a really great, great, great takeaway from that whole experience. Mm -hmm. I think
0: that really... Reiterates the fact that like we have a choice. Like we have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like we can do whatever we want. We just have to mm-hmm. like, you know, make the choices that we think are best for us. So that was awesome, Rob. That that answered, that was exactly what okay. I wanted. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know it wasn't like the best advice, like work hard, you know. I don't know like
0: <laughs> No, I loved it. I used to, you told a story with it. So it was like you it was relatable because like you've you've done it. It's not like something that you just like saw like I'm someone's support. wall.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Can I... Okay, I, that was a really good wrap-up, but I actually do think of a, I do, Now that you said yes, yes. quote I the Oh, my God, I remember it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. This is not how you wanted this to go, but... No, it's all good. I, I know. I, I'm it. just going to Google, like, what I think the first sentence is like and see if it comes <laughs> up. I'm so sorry. Don't be <laughs> so But I think you'd like this quote. People don't need, like... They need, no, this is just, give, just this is giving me advice about how to follow my passions. Um, okay, <laughs> it was like, it was along the lines of people don't need, people don't need whatever you think they need in their lives. They need you passionate about whatever you're passionate about in their life. Oh, it wasn't, that was a horrible, edit all of this out, but just know <laughs> that it was really good. And I'm going to find the piece of paper that I was on and I'm going to send it to you because I think you'll like it perfect dang it i feel like i feel like i'm picking
0: up what you're putting down though
1: Mm -hmm. but yes edit all of that out just don't include any of
0: that cut cut Cut. get around here (laughs) i'm just kidding no well thank you rob thank you for uh taking the time to talk with us and share your amazing experiences um I hope you know that you're going to be on here um, frequently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll refine my, uh, my communication skills. <laughs> oh my <laughs> because gosh. I think I, I can get ranty. No, I don't, okay, want to I don't want to be on a high horse. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't feel that way. I just am grateful for the chance to talk about stuff. I love just right. Chat. Hey,
0: no. we're practicing being grateful and savoring the moments that we have. Yes. Boom. Every course,
1: I here can tell. Is. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. But, thank you, Yale. <laughs> <laughs> to quote my Yale professor, you just are saying that. Yeah, right? Is. Oh,
0: funny. All right. Well, thank you again, Rob. Um, like I said, you're going to be on here a ton because um, <laughs> I love you so much. And everyone else, I know everyone else does. I don't even care what they think. Jeez. Everyone's going to
1: love this. <laughs> Jeez thank you rob of course of course anytime coda love you man Just for you. all right toodles yep. all right bye